Wonderful. Just praise in his name. I, uh, like I said, this week has been a strange one. It's just been, it seemed like one bad report after another. Uh, situations like Larry's that are life-threatening. Uh, and he's not the only one that I've heard this week in that type of a situation. Um, and at least one situation where a uh, physical situation may may cause this person to lose a job uh, to where they would not know what to do from that point on. Another one, very young person uh, with cancer. Just one thing after another, after another this week. And I believe that God is a healer. Amen. I believe that God heals. And... Uh, <clears throat> I was driving down the road, I had the radio on, and I was praying for all these people and saying, God, we, we need healing. We need to see a healing take place. And the person on the radio said just a phrase, and you know, my wife and I, we, when somebody says something and it triggers a, a memory, we just break out into a song or something. And <laughs> this person said, he'll do it again. And he wasn't referring to God, he was talking to, about a politician. But <laughs> he said the phrase, he'll do it again. And immediately I thought of a song that I hadn't heard in many, many years. And I couldn't remember who sang it. And uh, I looked it up on YouTube and I found it and it just blessed me. It just blessed me so much. So this is totally off the cuff. I'm going to try to do this song for you. Can we turn it up? Today you may be down and feel like God has somehow forgotten that you are faced with circumstances you can't get through. Right now it seems there's no way out and you're going under. But God's proven time and time again He'll take care of you And He'll do it again He'll do it again Just take a look at where you are now And where you've been Hasn't He always come through for you? He's the same God as then You may not know how And you may not know when But He'll do it again God knows the things you're going through and he knows how you're hurting and he understands how your heart it's been broken in two oh but he's a god of the stars of the sun and the seas he is your father and if he can calm the storm, 
He'll find some way to fix this for you. And he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and where you've been. Hasn't he always come through for you? He's the same God as then. You may not know how and you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Well, he's still God, and he will not fail you. He's still God, and he will not change. I know that he's God, and he's fighting for you. Just like Moses, just like Daniel, just like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, yes, he'll do it again, he'll do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and where you've been. Hasn't he always come through for you? He's the same God as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. You may not know how, and you may not know when. You may not know how, and you may not know when. But this one thing I do know is that my God will do it again. He'll do it again. If God has done it before, He'll do it again. We've seen it. We heard it today. That God has healed before. He's delivered before. He's put His protective hand in the middle of a crash before. He's done it. And He will do it again. He hasn't stopped. He hasn't quit. He hasn't let down. He has never left. Let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 15. Hallelujah. Mm. I just believe that God's going to heal somebody today. Exodus chapter 15. In verse 22, and I want you to think about all the times that God's come through for you. You know, it doesn't matter how many times God answers prayer, how many miracles He does, how many times He meets us in the, in the midst of the battle. 
It seems like every time we're faced with a new one, we struggle. We struggle. We hit our, that wall of faith sometimes, and, and then in the midst of all of it, that supernatural presence of the Lord comes down, and all of a sudden the, the faith just springs to life, and our hope is there, and, and our fear is gone, and we realize that God's still on the throne. He hasn't stopped. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it is called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Also, in the Hebrew, says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals thee. Lord, I just pray today that you will use me in my failings, in my humanity, in my shortcomings, Lord, to get a message to your people, a message of hope, a message of truth, that you are still on the throne. You are still Jehovah Rapha. You have never changed. And I pray, God, that you will give us your your assurance and your presence today and your healing power. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when God speaks in His Word about who He is, it's not like just a name, just a moniker. It's not like saying Lee or, or Jim or, or, or Becky. It's, it's beyond that. When He talks about who He is, it is a revelation of the character of Almighty God. When we say He is Jehovah Rapha, it's not just a title that goes above a door. It is the very essence of His character. He is the Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. That's what God does. He takes what is broken and He puts it together. He takes what is hurting and He heals it. He takes what is shattered and He restores it. That's what God does. He is that restorer of the breach. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is the one that gives to me when, there's, when there seems to be no answer. Some of you have seen that in your life. We've seen that in our life. And we had absolutely nothing. We thought, how in the world are we going to even feed our children? There's nothing in our cabinets. And all of a sudden, somebody shows up at the door. Ironically, the people that hate us the most showed up at the door with food. They didn't even speak to us most of the time, and they brought food. God will use anybody. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is that provider. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. He is Jehovah Nisi who is that banner above us that it shines to the world, that, that banner that we carry with us that, that makes people say there's something different about you. There's something that, that's not the same about you. What is that? I'll tell you what that is. That's the Holy Spirit of God that resides in His people and, and shines like a light out from the saints of God that touches the world. When people see that that banner of the Lord God over us, it moves them, it changes them, and it it draws them. They want something that we have. 
When you're born again, there is something about your life that draws people in. They like that. They want that. These ladies are going to go down there. There's going to be a line all the way from here to Texas of lives that have come in contact with these ladies. They're gonna, they, they don't even know what's about to hit them in Colorado and Wyoming and wherever else they go. Because there's something about that Jehovah Nisi, that banner that they carry that is with them. We serve a God that has meaning in, in His name. You know, we talk about our children. My kids don't call me Jim. That's my name, but they don't call me Jim. I like to think that they recognize and they think of me because of character. Because of the father I am and was, and the, the hopefully the example that I was and, and am. And, and that's what they relate. When I look at people with broken families, even my own, I wish I could have looked at my parents with the idea that these were saints of God that were showing forth righteousness to me. But I could with my grandmother. She was that banner to me, that example that showed Christianity to me. That's what's in that name, that name of being Christian. People are afraid to be called Christian nowadays. I'm excited to be called a Christian. People say, oh, there's so much lies, there's so much hypocrisy, there's so much sham and fraud in Christianity, I don't even like being called a Christian. Folks, I love being called a Christian. The Word of God calls me a Christian. That means a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ. I belong to Him, He bought me and He paid for me, and He has put my feet on the solid rock because He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That God, we, He gives us, He provides that healing. We've been there. We've been there when our body is shattered and all of a sudden God restores it and gives us strength again. We've seen that happen. God is that healer. There is obedience that we see in this scripture where it says, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in His sight and will give ear to His commands and keep all of His statutes. Do we want healing? If we want healing, we have to be an obedient child of God. We have to be one that follows Him. I was in one of my many discussions last night with somebody, a friend of mine, and we were getting into that. You know, he loves to claim Christianity. And I keep trying to get him to this point of, if you were put on trial for being a Christian, would you be convicted? Because I don't think he would. There's no evidence there. I got a kick out of something he put on Facebook one day. He put something on there that said, uh, I am so sick of these women who only want me for the going to bed. For the last three weeks, I've had three different women that just want me for sex, and, and I just want to find me a good Christian woman. And one of the first comments underneath that was, you went with the bed with three women in the last two, three weeks? Some Christian you are. <laughs> I went, oh, mm, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when we want healing... God expects His children to be obedient. There is a wave today of liberal Christianity that says you don't have to be obedient. You don't have to submit to God. You just claim Christianity. You just believe. I heard a preacher, one that I tend to respect quite quite much, made a statement one time where he said, well, really all you have to do is believe to be saved. And I went, I had to meditate on it. I still do. And I'm like, well... Uh, okay, yeah, we're saved by faith. But is that it? Is it just faith? 
Well, doesn't the Bible tell us that faith without works is dead? It is worthless. It is dried up. There's nothing there. There's, it, it is a worthless just to be thrown out. There's, if there's no works, if there's not a result of your faith, it is dead. It is a dead, worthless, useless faith. Being saved changes our life. Being born again, we are no longer the person that we used to, to be. God causes us. You are the man. Just tell him I authorized it. Yeah. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Obedience is a natural response to being born again. You cannot be born again without a heart desire to obey God. Christian, follower of Christ, disciple of Jesus Christ. How can you be a disciple without following? You can't do that. There's no such thing as a disciple that doesn't follow the one that, that's discipling them. And so obedience is, is absolutely, absolutely imperative. Luke 5 talks about a man let down through a roof. He, he couldn't get there. There was a throng of people. Jesus was in the house. He was teaching and this man was crippled and he wanted to get into that house. And he believed that all he had to do was get in the presence of, of Jesus. But he didn't just lay out on the outskirts outside the crowd and, and say, you know, there's nothing I can do. You know what he did? He got his family together. He got his friends together. He got, he got those that support him together. And they hefted him up on top of the roof and they lower him down. This is the thing that gets me. Did Jesus know where he was? <laughs> Absolutely Jesus knew where he was. He knew he was out there. He knew when he was on his way there. And he knew that he couldn't get there for the crowd why didn't Jesus just walk out and take care of the guy? Because sometimes be, putting our, our faith into action is imperative for what we're trying to do. Our faith has to become an act. Jesus hung out in there and he said he's on his way. He'll be here in a little while. He knew right where he was going to come through the roof. You know what? He didn't stop. He just kept going. As the roof is being tear, torn up above him, he just keeps on. He could have just right there said, you're healed. And the guy could have jumped up and climbed down. But nope, he didn't. He just kept going. Why? Because there has to be action to our faith. There has to be sacrifice to our faith. See, faith is not faith without sacrifice. Faith is not faith without sacrifice. It's easy to believe something, but when you really believe... And we have this big argument going on now about, uh, about protesting and sacrifice being willing to sacrifice it all. I'm sorry, I don't think uh, kneeling on a field to protest something that's mostly a lie anyway is really sacrificing everything. I don't find that heroic. I don't find it admirable. And I don't care. But what I do care about is when somebody says, when God says He'll do it, He's going to do it, and I'm going to get to Him no matter what it takes. Like that little old lady crawling through the crowd to where she could just touch the hem of His garment. Did Jesus know she was coming? Absolutely, she, He knew she was coming. He is Almighty God. He is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He knew she was coming. But He kept walking until she got there and grabbed the hem of His garment. And then He turned around and He said, Who touched me? And she said, it was me. I did it. And he said, because of your faith, you are healed today. Faith is imperative to healing. 
Now, how do you have faith when Jesus doesn't always heal? And He doesn't always heal. If He always healed, we would live forever. <laughs> Unless we got in a car wreck or something, you know, somebody shoot us, then we'd die. But uh, before we had a chance to, to pray. But how do you have faith when Jesus doesn't always heal, when God doesn't always heal. You know how you have faith? Because you're not having faith in healing. You're having faith in the one who heals. It is faith in God. What if God decides to take this old body and, and, and wind it down and say that my time on earth is done? That's fine, God. You're the king. See, I've always, growing up or in my Christian life being Pentecostal, it was a lot of stuff about faith. And, and some of it was really good, some of it not so good. But they, they sometimes emphasized faith to such a degree that it almost became a faith in faith. If you have enough faith, you get it. But I, I finally at one point started asking, faith in what exactly? Faith, just a, a, an open faith? Because faith is the ability, in my opinion, I, this is what I came up with, Faith is the ability to allow God to be God in our life. That is what's truly faith. If God says, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, Johnny, Johnny Erickson Tata, when you're 17 years old and you're out playing with your friends and you go dive in, a, in, a, in Chesapeake Bay and you happen to hit a rock or whatever she hit and it severs that, that spine and you still stand on faith and you say, I would rather have the relationship I have with God today than to have my legs all these years. That's amazing to me. But that's faith. That's the ability to say, God, if you cripple me, if you make me a quadriplegic, I will still serve you. If you take all of my money, if I, uh, if I lose my house, I will still serve you. If I go to the doctor and the doctor says, you've got two weeks to live, I will still serve you. That's faith, folks. That's what true faith is. And then we take that faith and then we go to him and say, God, I'm looking to you to heal this body. And he says, yes, you're healed. Stand up. You are, you are completely cleansed of that. Or he says, nope, my faith or my grace is sufficient for you. Your faith will get you through this thing because my grace is sufficient for you. Wherever you are, faith is the ability to just say, God, I surrender. I can't do this thing anymore. I can't handle it. I can't control it. When that doctor says, you're going to die, there's absolutely nothing I can do to change that. And so I go to the Lord and I say, God, it's yours. It belongs to you. And God, I'm looking to you for healing. But if you don't heal me, you and I are going to be partying on the streets of glory real soon. And that's fine too. Faith is just the ability to allow God to be God in our life. See, sometimes this faith teaching was that God had to do it the way I demand it because I'm standing on faith. And I say, that's not faith. That's not faith. You've got to do this because I said in the name of Jesus. And if I say in the name of Jesus, you've got to do it. God doesn't play that. You don't, you don't kidnap God or, or, or bushwhack God or, or hold Him captive or, or beat Him down. or you know. I've heard Him say, just take His Word and use His Word on Him. What? What a disrespectful thing. If my little you know, eight-year-old grandson tells me, well, Papa, you said it, you better do it. I'd be like, yeah, well, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to talk to me that way. 
I don't believe in that kind of thing. I believe in faith is the ability to just take my hands off of it and say, I'm going. Me and God are getting together. Whether we get together in glory next week or 20 years from now, either one is fine with me, but I'm going through this thing and I'm going to be with God on the other side. That's faith. That's faith, that cleansing power where God just takes us. I feel wound up today. My goodness. Matthew 15. It says, When Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. This woman came with the most tragic thing that she could carry. Her daughter was dying. Her daughter, her own child. I couldn't imagine anything worse than losing your own child. And she comes to Jesus and she comes in faith. And because of her faith, in faith in what? I just got to get to Jesus. I just got to get to Him. I just got to get to Him. I got to touch Him. I got to hear from Him. I got to be in His presence. If I can just do that, my faith is in Him. Faith is a powerful, powerful tool that we have not to hold God captive, not to force Him to do our will, but faith in God doing His will in our life. And we still stand no matter what the answer is. No matter what He says. I am the God who delivered you out of the land of Egypt. Do you know how many times God said that in the Bible? You ever read the Old Testament? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God that delivered you out of, the, out of Egypt. I am the, the God that, that delivered you out of bondage. You know what he was saying right there? I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Just like that song says, he'll do it again. He did it before. Why did God keep bringing that up? Because he wanted to remind them. I'm not leaving you this time just like I didn't leave your forefathers back then. You came out of, they came out of the land of Egypt. They were in bondage. They were out there for 16 hours a day stomping bricks out of, out of straw and clay to build things. And, and, and they were in such horrible conditions and, and slavery. I took them out of that. And I took them out into the wilderness. And I delivered them. And I gave them victory over their adversaries that continually rose up against them. And I will do it again. I will do it to you. I will do it for you. <coughs> you know how many times we hear about the saints of old? You know, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, man, all the things they had, and, and the great-grandpa and what he did. I don't think we ought to be talking all the time in the past tense because he's the same God today. If he healed them in 1920, he'll heal them in, in 2018. God is the healer today just like he was then. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. What happens when we go sit in that doctor's office and he says, You've got, and fill in the blank, it can be whatever. Fear hits us. Anybody who says, I didn't have any fear whatsoever, they're lying. The, the fear hits you and grabs you when you're sitting there and your loved one is getting that report right in front of you and, and you're saying, I might lose them. Fear grabs you. It's part of life. It's what God created us. I don't care how much faith you have. If you're walking from here down to Porter's and all of a sudden a car comes at you off the, right up onto the sidewalk and comes at you, you're scared. Because God put that inside of us. Things that are dangerous and will kill us scare us. There's nothing wrong with that. But faith 
has the ability to take that fear and tamp it down and replace it with faith in Almighty God. That fear gets tamped down and faith stands strong and says, I can and I will in the name of Jesus. <coughs> or <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> God does not reject us because of a, a crisis of our faith. We all have crisis of faith sometimes in our life. We all are not always the pillar of faith. We're not always the Apostle Paul who seems to be invincible. You know what? I guarantee you the Apostle Paul had crisis of faith at times. Where he just said, why am I doing this? Why am I going through this? Why is this thing on me? I can't take this anymore. (coughs) Matthew 11. Verse 2 says, And when John heard, had heard that in the prison the word of Jesus, and sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? <coughs> Sorry. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. John, who was the one who baptized Jesus on the shores, and as Jesus came up out of the water, the, the, the dove descended. The Spirit of God descended in a gut, dove, as a dove and a voice spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is a John who, as Jesus was walking down the bank, proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God. But now he's in prison. Now he's in prison. And I believe what we see here is an absolute crisis of faith. He was struggling. He, he proclaimed Jesus as the very one that they were looking for, but now he's saying, is he, is he really? Is, is he that, that one? Art, art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear, and see the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in in me. But God doesn't stop there. Jesus doesn't stop there. Look what he does after that. John just had a crisis of faith and questioned who Jesus was. Verse 7, and as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, what we went out to see into the wilderness, a reed shaken with the wind? But what went they out for to see? A man clothed with soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothes are in king's houses. But what went out, went ye out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That man who just battled and struggled with his faith, Jesus said he's the greatest man who's ever lived up to this point. Nobody has been better than him. That tells me that unlike what we were sometimes taught in church, God doesn't immediately want to kick us out just because we're struggling in our faith. He doesn't immediately want to flick us off the planet because our faith is struggling a bit. We all struggle in our faith. You know what happened to John? He got his head cut off by some little chick who wanted to get her way. 
<laughs> got his head cut off. But he was a man of God who stood on faith and he had a struggle and Jesus said, that man is an example to everyone. Just because he struggled doesn't mean he was kicked out. We struggle, we battle with our faith and again when we get that report it grips our heart, it grips our soul and it terrifies us. But then the Holy Spirit will move in and lay His hand upon us and say it's okay child, I'm with you. I got you. We're going to get through this thing. I'll heal you or I'll take you. I'll do whatever it is but you are not alone. I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I am bigger than any disease and I can break that disease right now. God is that Jehovah Rapha. God is that Jehovah Rapha, the healer. I want to look at, I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit. I want to get down here because I want us to pray. And I want us to pray biblically. As the Word of God tells us, James chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. God gives us a pattern what to do with disease and sickness. He heals. He is a God that is the healer. I want us to do that very thing that God's Word tells us to do right there, commands us to do, because I believe that God's going to heal people. I don't believe that cancer is going to always be the winner. I don't believe it's ever going to be the winner. We serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. We serve a God that is greater than any disease. I'm not okay with a 20-something person having cancer. I'm not okay with a man wondering whether he can go to work because of the sickness and whether he'll be able to support his family. I'm not okay with people saying, well, the doctors say I'm not going to make it. That's not good enough for me. I believe that we can stand on faith today and believe God for healing. Do you believe that? Do you have that faith? Can we stand together? Can we come right up here and help us pray? And if you have special needs, special sickness, whatever, we'll pray. I need the elders up here, please. 